kind of like our own personal home videos, but we are, you know, publishing them for everyone to see. Welcome back to the DCL Duo podcast. We're recording our podcast today over Memorial Day weekend. And right now there's a bunch of folks who've been posting photos and such out there running the Quarantine Key 5K for Memorial Day weekend. It's being hosted by a lot of great podcasts and vlogs out in the Disney community. And one of those co-sponsors of the race is the Mouse Gen vlog. And so we're excited to have Lake and Katie from the Mouse Gen vlog on the show tonight. Welcome, Lake and Katie. Yay. Thank you, guys. We're happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for coming, you guys. Yeah. We're excited to have you. We, we always like to start our shows with sort of your Disney background. And so can you guys walk us through sort of, you know, what your connection back to Disney is, you know, visiting the parks or cruise line, that sort of thing. We, we know a little bit about you from watching the vlog, but educate our listeners on what your Disney background is. Uh, yeah. So I think we were both kind of brought into the Disney World culture from young ages. I from, I'm from Pennsylvania. So that meant taking yearly trips down to Disney World with my family. And I was actually born in Winter Park, just outside of Orlando, and kind of had those formative childhood years in Disney before moving away. And then I brought myself back for college. <laughs> <laughs> When you guys live close to the parks now, as I, it, it sort of seems like or at least a few hours away, right? We're about 45 minutes, so oh, okay. it's really not bad at all. Well, that's great. That's great. So you have to be annual pass holders, I'm assuming, at this point. Yes. Yes, yeah. we are. <laughs> <laughs> and they, can... they're looking so happy sitting unused in our wallets right now. <laughs> uh, at least they're getting extended, right? I mean, that's it, it, you know, hopefully we'll all have a chance to use them a little bit more again. Well, I, I'm curious, we, we wanted to talk a little bit about the the vlog, but I'm curious, like how you two met up and then we would get into the decision around how you decided to do a vlog about Disney. But how, how did you two meet up? Well, we met in college and it's a whole long story that I won't go into, but Lake ended up at my apartment during college looking for somewhere to cook some food. <laughs> and uh we later had our first argument, which was literally who knew more about Disney. Ah. Same day. Um, <laughs> this is true. Yes. And then, you know, probably a year or two later, we actually, you know, started our relationship and Disney has always been a part of it. It was our first date, most of our dates, really. So, you know, we're just huge Disney lovers. It's probably the thing that connected us first and and deepest. That's so cool. Yeah. So, so like who won the argument over who knew more about Disney and the right answer here is Katie. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll throw it to her this time. <laughs> so we would probably still argue over that argument. Yeah. <laughs> Do, yeah. you have, do you have different like domains of expertise that like oh, you yeah, know, are, good, is one oh, of you more knowledgeable sure. about movies and the other more knowledgeable at the parks or anything? I think for sure. I think you're you're better. Lake is better at history, for more sure. Disney history and, you know, actual like real Disney Imagineers and things like that. And I'm really good at the, you know, movie trivia, movie stories. Probably we're about even on actual parks trivia. Yeah. It sounds about right. You know, growing up, did you guys ever have designs to work for Disney or have you ever worked for, for Disney at all? I think we both applied for the college program. Yeah, we both <laughs> applied for the college program. I had actually gotten pretty far in some interview processes for certain jobs. I think kind of the thing where I'm at with it was it's still a place I would love to work, but I would only like to work there like under the right job or circumstances right, because if you work there, you can't do like this kind of stuff either then. Oh, and I yeah. enjoy doing this. Yeah. 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 Well, and I wonder if working for the company, particularly in the parks, would sort of take away some of the magic, right? Because you see it's sort of the seeing behind the curtain and does that sort of change the idyllic view of what's going on, right? So we actually know, I mean, we have, since we live so close, we have several friends who do work for them. And I feel like it's about half and half, half people say they lose the magic and half people just become you know, even, even more, more enamored love. with yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Well, hey, let's dive into your vlog. So what, what sparked you guys to start a vlog about Disney? Like what was the motivation there and how did you, how did you decide to get into that? So I had actually spent a few years working as a Disney travel agent, uh, kind of the same shtick as most people, like the independent agent working with a company. And through that, I had actually started writing for another website doing kind of the same news articles that everyone posted. While I enjoyed that, I actually got some cool opportunities to do some stuff in the parks through that. A lot of the like articles and stuff were kind of repetitive. Oh, you know, this merchandise is coming out this, you know, 
here's this Parks blog article that you've seen 10 times right about <laughs> it. So we had eventually started to try to do our own blog once and we just never really stuck to it. And then this blog, like Mouse Gen and the blog had actually started with a group of friends and kind of just as people got busy, people went away to other schools and whatnot. It ended up being mostly us two while any of that core group would always be welcome back with us. It's kind of how it evolved and it hasn't always been a super consistent thing we've done, but probably in the last year, year and a half, it's really uh We found our groove about in the past year, year and a half and, you know, learned a lot more with the technical aspect of it. So that part got easier. So it got easier to kind of snowball the actual content. Mm-hmm. Sam and I, we started this podcast and there's like this division of labor between us over who does what around yeah. the podcast. It's 75% of it is is probably hey, me hey, on, hey, the te- hey. on the technical, oh, on the technical side. side. I'd yeah. say it's like 100% on the technical side, Brian, for sure. Yeah, but I'm sure, do you guys have sort of a division of who does what on, on the vlog? And, and you know, can you give people sort of a glimpse into uh, to the work that goes into it? Lake does 100% of our technical side as well. It's something that I really want to learn about. And in the slow season coming up, it's it's the goal of mine is to learn more about the actual editing and, and producing of everything. Other than that, I tend to come up with a lot of the ideas for the content and the ideas for things that I think would be cool. And Lake is a doer. He takes those and he makes them happen. <laughs> He's much better at that than I am. Mm. So he definitely carries most of the weight. <laughs> <laughs> you said the uh, the slow season. What do you what do you guys do for a living? So I am a CPA. I work for a public accounting firm and I do mostly nonprofit related tax work, which has a cycle just like regular tax work does. So the summer months coming up should be a little bit easier. <laughs> that makes sense. Well, I'm sure you've been super busy also with sort of COVID related tax stuff too. Yes. Yeah. 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 (laughs) It's been a weird year. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's for sure. And and so like, do you have like a background in video editing or is this just something you wanted to pick up as a, as kind of a hobby or? No. So you're exactly right there. It's basically just something, uh, I've actually done it for quite a while off and on, uh, using different platforms. But when we had launched this vlog, particularly, I'd actually invested in the Adobe products Mm -hmm. and I really enjoy just like learning how to use them, uh, learning kind of the different tips and tricks on them. And it's something that I really enjoy doing. You know, now I can use Premiere. I use Photoshop pretty often. I use Audition for a couple other podcasting things. Yeah. How have you guys, uh, have you guys sort of coped with the, um, it's hard to generate content when the parks aren't open, you know, and there was, I think a raft of kind of podcasts and other folks out there sort of, you know, taking that initial moment with COVID to sort of, you know, do lots of speculation and when are the parks going to open and, you know, news around it. But now that this has been persistent, you know, it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit interesting to think about how you generate content around something that's really not closed or active at the, at the moment. I'm just curious how you guys have thought about navigating that for your own, your own vlog. We kind of had a little bit of luck, I guess. I don't know if luck's the right word in that aspect. We went on a vacation literally the week before everything shut down when we went on our last cruise. So we had some footage and some content from that that we were able to, you know, work on and get out in that first month or so. And then then we, I mean, we rode that for a while. We did a review <laughs> on that. We did tours. And then we had some just episodes that we had been wanting to do. Uh, We did a review of Copper Creek recently. Mm. That was from, that was from February technically. Yeah. And, but we, you know, we finished recording it and got it out there. So just backlog of stuff that we had kind of saved up. And then now with things starting to open, you know, we have, you know, some opportunity to where we could go and get some stuff out. But we also have been trying to do more Disney related things that aren't technically park related, you know, with movies and television and nostalgia, all that fun stuff. (laughs) So, oh, yeah, that stuff is definitely has a big following in addition to sort of the Disney parks. And I, you know, I've seen a lot of your vlogs and seems like you you guys do a lot on Run Disney. You do uh, some sort of park review type videos, some cruise review videos. So it's it's a definitely a mix of content there. So it, there's definitely room for expanding, I guess, into sort of the other areas of the Disney universe. So I'm curious to know, too, from your guys's perspective, like with the investment in sort of like, I mean, the investment in the equipment and the time to do this, how's that gone for you? When I started this, I didn't realize the investment of time, Time, especially. Yeah, Yeah, I'm, I'm curious how that's been for you guys. 
really from the vlogging side, it hasn't been too bad. I typically enjoy doing like computer type gaming. Mm -hmm. Uh, so at the time I already had a pretty decent laptop and now I have a really nice desktop PC that I built. So as for hardware, that was kind of in built into itself with things I was already doing. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it was, like I said, learning the Adobe products and the cost for that. As for like physical equipment, we record 95% of the stuff on my phone because phones oh, wow. nowadays take good enough video mm -hmm. that you can passably make, you know, decent looking vlogs out there without having to invest in like a 4K camera or any of that. Well, I, so Katie, you're the idea generator. So where do you draw your inspiration? Like, how do you how do you look out and, and sort of think about the what you want to talk about? I feel like a lot of times I get ideas when I'm at work and I get bored or frustrated with the job that I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> That's always when I get like a really good idea that I have to write down or text to Lake. But I mean, we consume a lot of Disney content. We listen to a lot of Disney podcasts. We listen, we watch a lot of Disney YouTube. Watching that really helps us think about things that we want to do that we think would be cool. And honestly, a lot of times it's just I'll think of something that I think is funny or interesting. And we kind of just spitball ideas off of each other until it becomes a reality. Yeah, a lot of times it comes down to timing of things that are going on too. Of course, if a run Disney events coming up, a lot of times we'll make a video kind of talking about our plan and like, you know, how we're going into the weekend. And those videos tend to do very well if they're posted, you know, two or three weeks out. So we typically know like, OK, this video we have to do here soon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we look back at our videos and see which ones do the do the best. And then we'll try to come up with a new idea that's in the same realm, you know, to see if that's in something that people want to consume. Your post or your your vlog episode about Club Run Disney had like a ton of views, <laughs> and I thought it was it's an interesting review, but it was very timely, right? Because it was you know the Club Run Disney had just come out, and I, I'm not sure how what the the lag time was between when it came out and when you guys posted, but I I, I saw it was at least around the same time, and so I'm sure that that generated probably a lot of interest because it was so timely, and and there was I think a lot of resistance probably from a lot in the Run Disney community to this new club, and certainly people on both sides of the fence on that. Well, I, I actually I was listening to something that Steve at the DCL podcast put out the other day, and or maybe it was. Chris, who had the comment on his show about Club Run Disney, it was actually it was on the episode that we did. It came up on the episode that we did with them. And I thought Steve's point was a good one, which is that Club Run Disney is it something new. Races have had this kind of concept for a long time. I think the way that Disney's doing it across their entire like bevy of races is taking that idea and expanding on it a lot, but it's different. I was also going to say, I watched that episode too, because I was sort of interested in your guys' take on it. And I will raise my hand and volunteer to come on and let you know, I am a platinum Club Run Disney founding member. And so I am happy to come on and tell you what my experience is because I don't know if I'll sign back up for it again. But oh, that's awesome. Like, I totally, totally want to hear about your experience. Like, I'm I, I am so curious and yeah, yeah definitely want to hear. It's funny. I don't I don't think I need the upgraded corral placement thing because my times are usually good enough to get me up into like, you know, the C or D corral. I'm, I'm, I'm Lake. I'm apparently not you. I'm not going <laughs> to say not an a corraler. Not, or, or Steve for that matter. Steve apparently just walks up to the start line and goes, um, I, I run a, a slower, easier pace race, but so I, I don't know that I'll get much benefit out of the corral placement piece of it, but coming in from out of town, I was sort of really interested in being able to like, okay, know that I'm going to be able to go to the expo and get stuff early or, or, or if I'm going to build a vacation around it, sort of know I'm going to be able to get my, um, like sort of having multiple opportunities to get a crack at registration. Cause especially this time around for the marathon weekend, like everything sold out, like immediately it was well, just amazing. And also, and also we, um, do some of the virtual five K's. And so I think Brian will also do that virtual 10 K that's sort of the, the, I think the exclusive club run Disney, mm -hmm. um, yeah. virtual 10 K, but for me, it didn't, wouldn't make sense. So that's sort of the difference is like, I, I looked at it and I was like, Whoa, this is, you know, this is a lot of money. And for me, I wouldn't really be getting any benefit out of it because I don't run half marathons or full marathons. And so I see the benefit more being well, I, for the I access agree. for those runs. I agree with the premise of your guys's review. This is a luxury good, right? There's no, 
Yeah. Like, yes. Let's be really clear. This is a luxury good. And so if you happen to have the disposable income in order to sign up for this and you really want some of the benefits from it, you're paying for perks and that's it. There's there's nothing there that you need to have <laughs> to be able Absolutely. to do these events. But I'm, inter- I'm just interested to see what Disney does with it uh, because it's, it, it's interesting to me too. It has not sold out. I think yeah. they were expecting for it to sell out and it has not. And so are they going to try to throw some more perks at it to try and you know, generate some revenue or just completely shut it down. So anyway, uh, a topic for another episode. But Uh, yeah, but but interesting. (laughs) But I think the point of the discussion was that, you know, some episodes get just probably a lot higher viewership. I saw you guys also have like a a tour video of the Norwegian Epic cruise ship. I think that's still our best video. That video has like thousands, thousands of watches. Why do you think that is? Well, I know when we were getting ready to go on that cruise, I would watch pretty much any tour video I could. So I was like, well, I guess I might as well make one of these if we're going to be on it. And it pulls in an audience that's not Disney centric. Mm -hmm. So you get people who may click on it because they're on our page because they looked at Disney items. But then you also get people who are just searching for a Norwegian cruise tour. So it, you know, Mm. you get a different pool of people. Well, okay, so we talked about show topics. Like, wh- I guess what's the what's the best part of this experience been for the two of you? Like, what have you liked most out of doing this? I love being able to go back and watch our videos together. It's kind of been we probably started vlogging what two years like into our relationship or so, two yeah. or three years. So it kind of has captured videos throughout. You know, our relationship. You know our wedding, our honeymoon is all captured. It's kind of like our own personal home videos, but we are, you know, publishing them for everyone to see. So I love having those memories and I love the creative aspect of it. You know, going back to how we, you know, spitball the ideas and we probably have done things and talked about things that we probably wouldn't have if we hadn't, you know, had those conversations about generating content. Yeah. The like she said, like the memories alone are have totally been worth it. Just having that video, uh, you know, a lot of people love to take pictures and home videos and then they sit on their computer hard drive until that computer dies and they never see him again. But I have all these videos on YouTube and because I save all the video, I've got backups and second backups of all that video. So, <laughs> you know, sometimes I need a clip and I can go back three years and find, you know, that specific clip that I had either used in another video or had taken and not used. And then again, like talking about learning kind of more about videotography and editing. I definitely feel like if you watch some of our more recent videos to I saw you guys had commented on like one of our first videos and I went back and clicked on it. I was like, oh, man, like this is rough. (laughs) Well, you know, the quality gets better the more experience you have and also the more often you're doing it. Right. And as you said, you guys are you're putting out more content more more recently. So more in the last year or two than you were putting out when you first started. Right. We're only about 10 or 11 episodes into our podcast. And if I go back and listen to episode one, I cringe. So, you know, it's it's the first the first 30 to 40 of these things are practice. So um, (laughs) but I think to your point, I I, it's funny um, you mentioned about sort of it being like a home video because I noticed, uh, you know, we we did a couple of trip reviews as guests on the DCL podcast with Steve. And when we did our our trip reports, we would then hear the episode, you know, maybe a month or two later, the episode would come out and we would, of course, listen to it because we listened to that podcast. And it was really kind of a nice way to relive that vacation, you know, that usually, well, all of those were cruises. It was really nice to like relive our Southern Caribbean cruise, relive our four night cruise on the dream after the Disney Marathon weekend, all that kind of stuff, I think is is just a really, really fun way to revisit those memories, those vacation. And so to your point, you're doing it with just with the video content, which is even an even better way to relive it. Which is also a funny comment coming from you because you hate listening to this podcast uh, well, like after we've like recorded listen, it. So. I don't like listening to really my own voice. So, um, do, do you guys have a favorite episode or maybe I should just ask each of you like, you know, Katie, what's your favorite past episode? Oh, geez. And we've, we've done quite a few. So, ooh. um, I really like the, uh, I like this year's Princess Half episode mm. quite a bit when I was spectating Lake and he, he did really awesome in that race. And then we got to cheer for, uh, you know, we went back in Epcot and cheered for the end of the race. I think that was just a really good day. And so I like reliving that day. Mm-hmm. It was quite fun. 
I like that answer. Yeah, kind of building on what I've already said, any episode that like really has a strong memory attached to it, our whole set where we kind of log throughout our honeymoon is kind of yeah. special. While there may not be like the best, most congruent videos because we were on our honeymoon, right. they're still fun. <laughs> like I enjoyed editing them because I got to relive the whole experience. Yes, we were on our honeymoon and we were jet lagged. So a lot of the missing content was literally us just sleeping. <laughs> but it's pretty good. Definitely like the vlogs themselves, I think are some of my favorite just because it's a little like from an editing standpoint, it's not just us sitting there because I'll edit uh, like an episode where we're sitting in our recording room and then I just overlay things. But it's kind of fun to actually like relive the stuff where we're in the parks doing the things. Yeah. Yeah. So like we're, when you're going to the expo for a marathon weekend or you're in the parks doing the pin trading versus talking about the pin trading back at home or something like that. Yeah, exactly. The one time that we've done some video content, we were at Disneyland. I think Sam and I both have this initial sort of like, oh, my God, like we have a camera out and it's pointed at us and people are going to think we're weird. Like, did, did you, <laughs> how, do you, how do you get over that? that oh, yeah. my God, they're looking at me. Yeah, well, did you even have that feeling and how did you get over it if you did? Did you ever have that feeling like? I think initially I did. But honestly, there are so many like bloggers <laughs> and bloggers out at these parks nowadays, you know, us included by all means, that it's not really like an out of the ordinary thing. You know, you walk down Main Street and you go in front of the castle and there's a million people taking some sort of video or selfie. So I think as long as you just do it and you're confident about it, then I have no shame. Yeah, we had one person or group of people comment on it negatively one time, not to our face, but literally sitting right next to us at Be Our Guest. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. And after that happens and I kind of saw the people who were saying something negative, I think they said something to the tune of like millennials filming their food or, you know, that whole <laughs> trope yeah. there. But yeah, after after they said something to my face, I was like, oh, that's not really that bad. So who cares what they think? Yeah. <laughs> so we just yeah. got over it. Yeah. <laughs> Katie, you mentioned you listen to a lot of podcasts out there. I'm assuming you guys watch other vlogs. Like, do you have any um, do you have any favorites out there? Um, well, and you don't have to say us because we're brand new. Besides us. I did start following you on Instagram today. I don't know if you noticed, that, <laughs> but I'm excited to add you to my list because I listen to podcasts while I'm doing boring tax work. So uh, it helps me a lot. I uh, definitely loved DCL podcast. That's I mean, I think they do a great show. We listen to the Diz a lot. I mean, they're huge. Mm -hmm. They have a ton of content. So you can kind of just power through some stuff with them uh, for hours. I listen to WDW radio. I haven't listened to them a lot recently, but they I definitely definitely went through a phase where I listened to a lot of their episodes. I enjoyed his trivia a lot mm. that he had on his show. Yeah, I think she about covered the basis. I'll listen to a lot of like other kind of Disney history. The Diz has that connecting with Walt show. Mm -hmm. And especially like those earlier episodes where it's all kind of like a story narrative are really interesting to listen to. I'll listen to those like again and again sometimes. And then also not necessarily blog or, or vlog related, but Disney Plus is like so much different history content out now that yeah. that's mm -hmm. been really good to turn on and kind of just like put on in the background. Yeah, those Imagineering episodes, I think, are also are really cool. I mean, they're, they're sort of Disney history themed also. I think those are those are fun to watch. Is there an episode of the vlog that you wish you could go back and do over again? A lot of them. <laughs> kind of like you said, it's hard to listen to yourself talk. It's really hard to watch something you've put out and not have a million critiques on it. Yeah. You know, it's it's I'm sure fine to the people who are viewing it. I'm you know, people who are viewing it may have their opinions as well, but there's always little things that you find that you want to change and you just take that and move forward and make your content better and better. But is there a specific one you can think about? I mean, like I said before, some of those first episodes that we recorded with the group on the couch are just oh, yeah. long, boring and kind of cringy. Yes, very cringy. <laughs> but I mean, a lot of it is just learn again, learning from that, learning how do I edit this to make it more dynamic, make it more interesting and then applying that to your next video. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. I think a, a, a lot can be done in the editing room. Some of I think some of the work is done in sort of the planning. Right. And then some of the work is done in the editing room after the fact. And, and it's it's hard to know, I think, at the beginning, sort of where those limits are and and, you know, what's 
what's the good content? What's the most interesting content? I think you start to kind of learn that over time. At least we're learning that over time. Well, and yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Katie's comment too. Like going back when I'm, when I do listen to the episodes, I hear every audio imperfection. I'm like, God, why didn't I catch that? That, that, um, that breath is killing me, but I'm sure that people listening to it are like, no, whatever. I, I, it's fine. So I guess the the other question I have is, is there, is there anything you've like learned through the process that you wish you'd known going in or something that's been particularly hard sort of, you know, working on the vlog? The thing that I always try to remember And it's something that I think about when I go back and watch old vlogs as well is get as much content as you can and remember to pull out your camera more often and remember to film outros, you know, in the moment Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that you don't have to go back later and be like, oh, we forgot to do an outro. Our weekend was great. (laughs) That was one that we had to make written reminders to ourselves about, you know, remember to stop and say bye to everybody. Yeah. I think just the importance of B-roll, especially. B-roll is your best friends. We had a a vlog we did recently. It wasn't a vlog. It was a sit down type video. And we didn't realize till afterwards that it, the camera went blurry for a good half of it. So we just filled the half of it with B-roll over our blurry faces. (laughs) (laughs) That's really, that's smart. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to shift gears now. We want to talk to you a a bit about Run Disney. It seems from your vlog that both of you have a ton of experience with Run Disney events. Can you tell us like about how many different events you guys have done or how many different weekends you guys have done and, and which ones? Events wise, I think I am in the 30 to 35 range and that's like the individual races. Mm -hmm. So some of those are, you know, when you do two, two races a weekend. So I'm not sure the specific number of weekends and like you're probably around the same. I think you've caught up to me by this point. I started them first (laughs) and kind of brought him into that community. Were you guys, were you guys runners before you started doing run Disney events? Lake was, Lake did cross country in high school and, and all that. I was not, my dad was a runner. He did the Walt Disney World half marathon when I was a child. And then while we lived in Washington, DC, he did the Marine Corps several times and he was big into doing, you know, 5Ks and all that. And then when I was in college, I decided it was a challenge that I wanted to take on and not being an athletic person, it really was a very hard challenge to train for that first half marathon, but I really enjoyed that Disney atmosphere and it made me, you know, you caught the bug and makes you want to come back even if you're not a natural runner. Yeah. And then as she said, I ran in cross country, but I never felt like I was someone who was maybe necessarily quite good enough to run in college or at least get like a scholarship to run in college. Uh, so I kind of ran here and there on my own, just as like general stay fit type of thing. And after we had started dating, I actually went and spectated her at, I believe it was wine and dine. Oh, was that 2015? I think I think it was 15. It was the last year that wine and dine was at night, which I think was 15. Yeah. And It is something I knew had like went on, but wasn't quite on my radar. And I went and like spectated that race and saw what it was about. And I ended up doing Princess in 2016. And then we've done almost every Walt Disney World weekend since then. I saved one or two here and there. Oh, wow. What about outside of uh, Walt Disney World? Have you done any of the races outside of Florida? I have done the Disneyland half in 16 I believe it was and had a great time. I went with my dad to do that one and I wish and I hope that they start up again so that Lake can get out there because he would have so much fun. I know. And then it's definitely on our bucket list to get over and do Paris. Obviously, that's like a huge trip and a huge expense that we would have to really, really plan for. So one day we'll get over there to do it. I'm just curious, Katie, the Disneyland half, like what I'm super jealous that you got to experience that race because it's it's I agree with you. I hope they bring it back or bring some version of it back. But I'm curious, what what was the course like for the Disneyland half? Because I think one of the like one of the big hallmarks right of the Walt Disney World races is that kind of being able to run through the parks. I guess the running between the parks is not very fun, but you get to run through the parks. What, What was the Disneyland half like in terms of the course? I remember correctly, it was you started kind of near the Disneyland Hotel and you ran first into California Adventure because I remember running. I hadn't 
been to California Adventure yet at that point. This was my first time ever being in Disneyland. So I remember we ran past the Cars Land area, which was still fairly new at that point. So that was really cool to see. And then you kind of ran out of California Adventure into Disneyland Park and, you know, towards the castle, you Mm -hmm. know, and then out and then you you're out in Anaheim. And I don't remember all of the landmarks that you sure. go by, but I think you run out to the uh, the hockey stadium. Oh, yeah. If I remember correctly. Yeah, where the Ducks play. Right. I think you run out there. I know you run around the uh, baseball stadium. They have a lot of local support come out, you know, different bands and groups. They have a, a, a mile that's all classic cars. It's a classic car cu- club that comes out and sets them up. And oh, cool. I think it's literally a mile because you keep thinking how many more cars can be out here. And there's so many. So it was, it was, it was fun. It's definitely different from the Walt Disney World where you kind of have these doses of Disney throughout the run. It's less Disney stuff and more City of Anaheim Mm -hmm. for the majority of it, at least for the half. But it was still really fun. (laughs) What's your favorite race weekend at Disney World? Do you have a, do you have a favorite weekend? I think my favorite is now Wine and Dine. What about you? Down here as well. Oh yeah, yeah. both of you. What What do you like about that that weekend over the others? To me, it feels like a party atmosphere, which kind of sounds funny. With it's wine and dine, so there's this you know side theme of eating and drinking, you know, delicious things. But we also have that weekend more than any other have done that one with friends or with groups of people who have, you know, joined in with the fun. So I think we equate it to hanging out with friends more than the ones where we were going and it's just the two of us. So uh, I think we just have really good memories from it. And usually the weather is decent. Yeah. And that's the only one that you get the free after party ticket for. So you get to go into Epcot. I think this year it was like five o'clock or something you could get in and then it was open till one o'clock for people who ran the half marathon and that was included with registration. That's a cool benefit. Yeah, I've I've heard Marathon Weekend described as sort of like this is the serious runner community has come to to Disney World at some level. The more serious Disney running community, which is still less serious than the the running community at large. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And I don't mean that that in like a derogatory way. I consider myself part of that community. I'm not part of that, the serious runner community. My my distances are 5Ks and 10Ks and I like it that way. (laughs) So. Which is a good question. Do you guys have a favorite distance that you like to run in the events? And and have either of you done any of the dopey, goofy, the the challenges? Challenges. We haven't done the dopey or goofy challenges. We typically will do the um, the other weekend challenges that are the 10K and the halves. Mm-hmm. We definitely have it on our bucket list to do. I don't know if we'd ever do goofy at that point. I feel like you might as well just do dopey. Right. <laughs> <laughs> kind of skip that goofy level um, now that they have that. We definitely want to. But again, that's a big expense. And that's we always encourage everyone to train appropriately for the races. So we would want to make sure we train appropriately for that. And that's a time commitment as well. So we definitely want to. I really like 10Ks. They're they're more doable, but I have recently just done the 10Ks at the past few weekends and I actually find myself missing the half distance. Oh, so, interesting. So I want to go back and do the halves. I haven't actually ran through Magic Kingdom or ran through Cinderella Castle in over a year and a half now, and I need to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Lake? What's your favorite distance? My favorite distance is definitely the half training wise. It's like a good distance to train for, but it's not all encumbering to your life. Whereas the full marathon is while I do enjoy the full marathon, I'm signed up to run it again this year. This will be my second time running it. And I do like that. I like the challenge of it, but the halves are just a good, like solid distance. And it's a distance that I've had a fair amount of success running well, too. I think Sam would agree with Katie about the 10K distance being sort of a good distance. And I agree agree with you. Like, I I think a half training and being trained for a half marathon is a sort of a doable thing from a lifestyle standpoint. Every time I've gotten into training for marathons, it's just it's an all consuming sort of almost like lifestyle that you have to adopt, which is really hard. And it's really hard, like with a 
kid and a job and a wife who expects to see you sometimes. And now with a podcast, I'm not sure that a marathon, <laughs> my marathon training is really doable for Brian. I'm, I'm curious because you guys have a sort of a length of experience with the races. Is there anything that they used to do or, you know, that they did in the past that you just wish like they would bring they would bring back that they're not doing today? Aside, I guess, from having them do the races at Disneyland. They need to bring back the good T-shirts that you get. Mm. I don't know if you've heard this rant on any Disney run Disney related. I heard, I heard it on your vlog about the, there you, go. Uh, you were talking about the princess marathon or the princess half. And I don't remember, I think it was, I think it was this year's in February. Yeah. You were talking about the princess half and you were showing like one of the shirts and talking about how they're kind of itchy quality. Oh, wait, I want to hear yeah, Katie do sorry. the rant then. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> so I did not hear this rant. Yeah. <laughs> so recently within, I think it started it at wine and dine. dine. They used to, for many, many years, the shirts that you would get included with your registration were really, really nice champion shirts uh, from champion branded shirts. And they are some of our favorite shirts. I wore them. I wear them for a lot of the races at Disney, uh, nice dry fit material. And with the change over of some leadership on the run Disney side, one of the things that changed was it seems that they have started producing the shirts themselves or using some kind of off brand actual supplier for the shirts. And they're just terrible quality compared to what you used to get. They're still beautiful. They have pretty art, but they're not very comfortable to wear. They're kind of thick, I found. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you on the sort of their, I don't know, itchy is maybe not the best word, but they're not the softest on your skin. Yeah. They are very heavy. They're really heavy. I think that's my, my negative is I I have a, a lot of dry fit shirts from, you know, other companies from other races and you know, there's a mix of quality in there, of course, but some of the ones I have that are, you know, have nice, light, dry fit material. And the ones I, that we have from Marathon Weekend and from the Castaway Key Challenge, which we did that that cruise following Marathon Weekend, they're all really heavy material and they're, they're it just makes them less comfortable, less breathable. Yeah. What's your must have souvenir from the race weekends? I love the magnets. I have them all over my desk at work. I have like a metal filing cabinet. I have them all over. We have some here at home. Um, those are absolutely my favorite. And I'm very sad when they run out. <laughs> yeah. And then mine are definitely the pins. I'm a pretty big pin collector. So I enjoy picking up a few of those. Recently, too, I've been enjoying they've been doing the like special magic bands. Mm-hmm. And I haven't picked everyone up. And sometimes they sell out before we even get a chance to get them, which is fine. But some of those are pretty cool. I like I have the wine and dine one right now. And I like that one a lot. So you guys just recently went on the dream. Uh, I'm just curious. So how many cruises have you been on? And it sounds like you've cruised other cruise lines, which are kind of cruising background. And yeah, let's just start there. Yeah. So this was our second Disney cruise together. Katie's third, though. Our first cruise was the Baja California on the Wonder. Uh, That was for our honeymoon. We did like a Disneyland Disney cruise line combo there. And then That was our second. Uh, Then we also did the Norwegian through the Mediterranean last summer together. And then I've individually, I did Carnival many, many years ago. And Katie also did Royal Caribbean to Cuba. And I think that was 17. Where does Disney stack up in your mind? You guys have been on a number of cruise lines, you know, not like you don't have like a ton of experience across every ship in those lines, but like just based on the experience you have, like where does Disney stack up for you guys? I think it's definitely our number one. Oh, easily. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we still, the uh, book that you get to pick out your new cruise, we have handy and we'll commonly go and kind of look through and be like, well, what would be a nice like cruise to do in this month? Yeah. Yeah. And on Royal and Norwegian, which are the two that I've been on, I always like to think back if, you know, if it was just me or just me and Lake on the cruise, what do I think the experience would be like? And I kind of compare that to the Disney because for Disney, that's, you know, what we've done is just the two of us. And I, I honestly don't think the two of us would have enjoyed those two cruises quite as much as we would have a Disney. The Royal Caribbean definitely wouldn't wouldn't have been on there. Nothing against Royal Caribbean, but the ship we were on, I think was the oldest ship that they had in their fleet. And that one was way more about the group of people I went with compared to the, you know, the ship itself. And the Norwegian, I mean, we were in the Mediterranean, so that's going to be awesome no matter what I feel like. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's the destination that matters there. Yeah. 
Well, you've, you've been on both a classic ship and a, you know, one of the newer ships, the dream class ships. Which one did you like better or, you know, or, or did you have a preference and, you know, what drove that preference? There's certain aspects of each that we like more than the other. Overall, for the dream, I think we both agreed that we really enjoyed the adult area on the dream simply because it was bigger. There was more room. You know, we felt like there was less interruptions from kids running around or coming through the area. Mm-hmm. We both agreed, I think, that we liked Palo better on The Wonder. Yeah. Things like that, you know, little comparisons. I I enjoy the adult areas more on The Dream as well, I think. Yeah, I think the adult areas were just laid out better overall. And by adult areas there, I meant the lounge nightclub area. I realized I said adult areas twice. (laughs) Well, and even like Satellite Falls is just such a much bigger area than the Quiet Cove on The Wonder and The Magic. But we're definitely still drawn to the classic ships as well. We're trying to hit our grand slam kind of as soon as we can. Yeah. Yeah. Same. We've been on three of the four ships. We were supposed to be going on the Magic, which is the only ship we haven't been on in September. And we've now postponed. It It was a a cruise out of the UK, British Isles cruise. And we've, we've now postponed that cruise until 2021. So it will be another year and a bit before we hit our grand slam. But. It's definitely something we're trying to do. Yeah, we we have uh, currently we have a booking on the fantasy for next summer for June, I believe. And we are really struggling to find a magic that like fits in with our work schedules. It sounds like you guys have some experience cruising in inside staterooms. Is that right? Yeah, we do. The very first cruise I went on was an inside stateroom. And then our cruise on the Wonder was an inside stateroom. For the Dream, we booked an inside stateroom and we're, we're we were completely fine with getting one but we ended up upgrading at the port just almost to see what that experience would be like and yeah. ended up with a, a veranda through that but we like inside staterooms actually yeah can you talk us through that because so we, we just have not had a lot of folks on who've talked about sort of the experience sailing in an inside stateroom sam has actually had some interest in doing it um, i want to do the one with the magic porthole yeah so anyway i'm just very curious, fun yeah can you just talk us through like what those are what those are like i think so many people immediately gravitate to oh i have to have a balcony or a window or whatever it is but you're also not necessarily in the room all that often when you're on board the ship so what what's your experience been like with those rooms. So we should probably preface this with when we're in an inside stateroom, it is just the two of us. We don't have, you know, a kid or or multiple kids with us. So we find that they're actually quite nice and and we really like the layout of the staterooms. Usually when you enter those inside staterooms, your bed your bed is all the way against the far wall. So you kind of have this nice open, well, open, you know, as far as cruise, (laughs) cruise rooms go, but area with, you know, the sofa and the desk area right there. So it feels pretty open to me. I believe when we went on our cruise on the wonder, we didn't have the one with the double bathroom. No, we had just the standard. Yeah. And that was fine for us, but I do know they offer them with the split bath as well, where you can have an inside and a split bath. So that would, I think, be really nice to have. Yeah, that would be my, I would sort of say that's a must for me. I I really love the split bathroom. Yeah. And I think too, you know, with the Baja cruise in the inside stateroom, going to the inside stateroom kind of let us do both the five night cruise and being able to do Disneyland where if we had wanted to do a veranda, then maybe Disneyland may not have been an option or maybe a shorter cruise would have been the way we had to go with that. Yeah. Yeah. If we're staying on a budget, that is, you know, it's if that's not if the veranda is not an option or not a good option because it means you have to cut something else out of your trip. Better to be on the ship than not at all. Right. I mean, that's what I say. <laughs> mm, yeah, for sure. And. I will say when we went to Europe and we were on that ship, we ha- we did have a veranda on that ship. And I would actually recommend it in certain situations, especially where you might be experiencing jet lag or some weird sleeping patterns, because having that stateroom and having the sun shine 
come in, helped us acclimate to that schedule and, you know, helped us wake up in the morning. Whereas when you're in that inside stateroom, it's great when you want to take a nap or you want to get a really good night's sleep, but it is hard to wake up without the sunshine. That's a really good point. And if I think about the times I've traveled to Europe, if I've been in a very dark room, it is really hard to sort of like get up in the morning at the time when everyone else is getting up. You just sort of your body is like, yeah, let's just let's just stay in bed. A yeah, little the bit sun, does, the sunlight yeah. does help you acclimate for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. So it's really great to have your guys' perspective over the inside stateroom thing, because that's just not something that we've we've had had many guests on who can talk about. And I know it's something we've been interested in trying. But yeah, let's shift gears for a second. Uh, or we're going to shift gears over to our rapid fire round, which is the round that Sam loves the most. So I let Sam do the rapid fire round. So, Sam, you want to take away rapid fire? Yeah. So these are general questions about what is your favorite things that Disney related. So we'll talk Disney characters, Disney park stuff. And and I want from each of you, so you do not have to have a joint answer. This is Katie's answer and Lake's answer, not Katie and Lake's answer. The right answer and the wrong answer. <laughs> no, no. So we like to tell people there are, there are no wrong answers. Wait, we can, we can give, we can always give Lake answers. The, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you guys can hear uh, that, but I've got the a soundboard. There you go. You yeah. couldn't hear that. That would be a surprise. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So, the, so you can answer with Disney or Pixar for the first, uh, for the first couple of um, questions. So what is your favorite Disney or Pixar character? Let's start with Katie. Oh goodness. Favorite character. I'll go with, oh boy. What? Snow. Snow White. Yeah, I do like Snow White. Or Dumbo. Yeah, see, that's the problem is there's or so many. Bear. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to do that one over and start with Lake. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay, we'll, so we'll, we'll restart with Lake while Katie, while you, th- while you start, you think about it. Okay, so what is your favorite Disney or Pixar character? Lake, we'll start with you. I'm going to have to go with Wally. I like that little robot. He is so adorable. We w- got the opportunity to see Wally and Eve at the parks at a Disney After Hours event at a California Adventure. And it was really cool to see this like animatronic version of Wally and Eve. It was amazing. But that's a great character. Okay, Katie, now your turn. Your favorite Disney or Pixar character? I think I'll go with Snow White. That's a good one. Very classic. The original animated movie. Okay, so favorite Disney or Pixar movie. So, uh, Katie, we'll start with you. This one I have an answer for right away. Monsters University, (laughs) I think, is my favorite movie. That is actually a really, I think, underestimated and underquoted film. It is a really great, that's a great one. It's hilarious. I just love it so much. Yeah, totally. Big fans of Uzma Uzma Kappa here. So. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I, and I got to meet at the same Pixar Pier night. We got to meet Art, which I was when somebody told me that <gasps> Art was at a Monsters Inc. Un, or Monster, Monsters University party dance, dance party. party. I was like, I have to see how Disney is doing Art, and it was it was hilarious. Art's Art's got to be one of my favorite Disney characters. Yeah. yeah. All right, Lake, your favorite Disney or Pixar movie? It's really hard to pick Wallace. Some people don't find it the most interesting movies, but I love what they did with like the silent film style movie, but kind of modern animation. Yeah. And you love Hello, Dolly. I do. <laughs> it references that heavily. <laughs> yes. Hello, Dolly is heavily featured in that movie. Our son loves Wally. It's probably his favorite Disney uh, or Pixar movie. So it's a good one. It's it's on a uh, frequent rotation in this, this household. Okay. Your favorite Disney song. Lake, we'll start with you. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, it's definitely the Illumination soundtrack. <laughs> See, Katie is giving you the right answers. Like, <laughs> I just know him better than he knows himself. <laughs> Before you said that, I would have said the Soren soundtrack. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a good, good one, too. Both of those are, are good. Yeah, I remember. Actually, I think you talked about the... I think you talked about that soundtrack in that first podcast or first um, vlog episode. That you guys Probably. did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Katie, your favorite Disney song. I really like the Fantasmic song. Oh, that's a good The one. Fantasmic exit music. We played that at our wedding and I loved it. And I cried on the wonder when they played it at Animator's Palette. <laughs> oh, I love that you guys pick like music that goes with, you know, the night shows. I think that's, you know, most people pick 
the movie music as their favorite. And so I love that you guys pick like really theme park related. That's really cool. All right. Favorite Disney park. Katie, we'll start with you. Ooh, so I'll have to go with how the park is in its current state. Historically, I have a different favorite park, but it, it doesn't exist anymore. I think my favorite park right now probably is going to be Disneyland. Yeah. What would your historic one then be? Is it Epcot? Hollywood Studios. Oh, Hollywood Studios. Oh, interesting. Yes. But back when they had Great Movie Ride, Backlot, Lights, Motor Action, or before that, when they had the full Backlot Tour. Mm-hmm. What else did they close down from back, the wonderful? Back when it was a functioning studio, not <laughs> a it, theme well, park. Yeah. Yes. When it was MGM <laughs> exactly. Studios. Yeah. 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 That's a, di- a different time. A different time. Yeah. Lake, what about you? What What's your favorite Disney park? Oh, man. Typically, it would be Epcot, given its current state. It's not quite as fun <laughs> to maneuver around that park, but it's usually Epcot. Otherwise, it's pretty close to Animal Kingdom, actually. Yeah, that's a great park. Okay, favorite land. And again, you don't have to pick from your favorite park. You can pick across all of the lands, Disney World, Disneyland, favorite favorite land. Lake, let's start with you. I'm going to have to go with Tomorrowland. There's something about it that I just always love, that kind of clean, great, big, beautiful tomorrow aesthetic that it gives off. It's typically the area that I dash to first. Yeah, we spend a lot of time in Tomorrowland compared to the other areas, I think. Now, would you say Walt Disney World Tomorrowland or Disneyland Tomorrowland? Now, I know they're not hugely different, but there are differences. I think we're probably in our minds thinking of the Walt Disney World Tomorrowland. We didn't spend much time in Tomorrowland and Disneyland. Their Tomorrowland kind of stinks, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I think Disneyland people will agree with me, too, though. Well, we don't have the people mover at Disneyland, which I think is like, I just think that's a huge loss. Um, Yeah. And that, that, uh, you know, the submarine ride is whatever. But, you know, yeah. I don't like the the Astro Orbiter. I don't like the placement of the Astro Mm -hmm. Orbiter at Disneyland. It's got better placement at Disneyland. Disney World is kind of right. The only thing the I'll disagree with on is Space Mountain, I think, is better at Disneyland yeah. than it is at Disney World. But yeah, Lake did not get to ride Space Mountain at Disneyland because it was closed when we went. Ah. But, I, but I do agree with you because I have written it and I yeah. do like it more in Disneyland. Yeah. yeah. All right, Katie, do you have a, a favorite land different from Lake's? Yes, I think I would probably say World Showcase if we consider that a yep. land. Sure. Yeah. Which I do. I really have always loved spending time around there, especially around Christmas. It's my favorite time. Yeah. World Showcase is definitely a favorite of ours as well. Okay. So now we're going to move to favorite attraction or ride. And we're going to start though with favorite classic ride or attraction, and then we'll switch over to modern ride or attraction. And you can define those however you want. Yeah. All right. So Lake, let's uh, switch it up and start with you. Your favorite classic ride or attraction. I'm going to have to go with Pirates. Uh, There's just a lot of history behind that ride that I really appreciate. And it's a cool ride overall. Which which one? Disneyland or Disney World? Oh, that I have to go with Disneyland for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You can't really. I I don't think anyone can say Disney World is better than (laughs) Disneyland because it's the same thing just with a bunch of parts cut out of it really katie if, so. there's, if there's one thing i've learned someone in the disney community will argue with you about it but yeah no, I, I, I agree with you you're you're amongst well, friends here I, <laughs> I can't wait for our debate episode where we argue endlessly about club run disney so. <laughs> <laughs> nice. all right so favorite so favorite classic ride katie what's yours Ooh, that is a very very hard decision between people mover and carousel of progress for me mm-hmm. it's I don't think I can pick. Yeah. I like the music. I like the music on Carousel of Progress. So it's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. I really like that song. So, <laughs> um, okay. So favorite modern ride or attraction. We'll start with you, Katie. I am terrified of it, but I greatly enjoyed it. The Guardians Mission Breakout. Mm-hmm. It's a great, I, great ride. Yeah. I was, it took a lot of courage for me to go on that, but the music and the story of it was actually really cool. <laughs> yeah. I would say that is definitely one of our favorites. And we both prefer Guardians over Tower of Terror at Walt Disney World. All right, Lake, let's uh, go to you for your favorite modern ride or attraction. 
Well, if you're lucky enough to be in Disneyland when it's currently the way it is, it would be soaring over California. I wish they would just change them all back. Mm -hmm. Uh, But because that's not an option for us, I'm going to have to go with Flight of Passage. Oh, yeah. I I will actually agree with you on both. I will say that soaring over California is one of my favorite rides and Flight of Passage is one of I, I that might be my favorite ride. Honestly, they're both amazing. Okay, favorite Disney snack. This can be controversial, people, but again, no wrong answers. So, uh, Katie, let's start with you. What's your favorite Disney snack? Let's see. Well, Disney specific. I'll do that. That knocks out some of my things that I'd like to get. Um, Probably Dole Whip. I know it's probably a common answer, but I do really enjoy it. We said it's okay. No wrong answers. Lake, what about you? Uh, Mine is probably also the Dole Whip. Uh, though I'm especially a fan of that uh, raspberry Dole Whip swirl that they have over at Disneyland. And sometimes we have it now. Yeah, I think a lot of people really like that. I'm not a raspberry person, but a lot of people like that. The raspberry Dole Whip. OK, favorite quick service restaurant. Lake, we'll start with you. Oh, man, I think I'm going to have to give it to Santoli Canteen. Yes. I think everything that I've had there is just always tastes super fresh. Uh, what about you, Katie? I really like, I believe it's called Tangerine Cafe, the Morocco quick service. Um, The food is just super delicious and it's quick service. So it's cheap and you get a good portion and it's very uh, dependable. (laughs) I have to say that is probably the most like single most underrated quick service that people pass up, especially when you're around World Showcase. So if you haven't gone there and tried it, do it. Yeah. What about your favorite sit-down restaurants? We'll start with uh, Katie. California Grill. Mm, yeah, that's a great yeah. one. Yeah, it's so good. We we don't eat there often because we don't have the budget, but every time we go, it's a great experience. Yeah. What about you, Lake? I'm in the same boat, California <laughs> Grill. Yeah, I mean, it's really one of the, the top restaurants for sure. Okay, favorite resort hotel. Lake, why don't we start with you? Are we on the same boat on this one? Yeah, I think we're the same. One, two, three, Copper Creek. Copper Creek. (laughs) (laughs) That's adorable. What do you love about Copper Creek? I'm just curious. Well, both times we've stayed there, we've, you know, had a reservation for a studio room and we've ended up with a one bedroom Uh. (laughs) uh, upgrade. So for for us so far, we get a really good value for what we paid. But it's just, um, we love Wilderness Lodge in general. We love the theme of that. And then the rooms are just so luxe. Like the bathtubs are great. The decor, you know, is our style. Yeah, I think a lot of the uh, kind of room renovations that have gone on, uh, people have kind of gotten upset because theming's maybe taken a backseat to cleanliness and hardwood flooring. But these rooms have done the hardwood flooring and the cleanliness and the theming all perfectly. It all ties together very well. They're just beautiful rooms. I love any opportunity to stay there. I can't wait to watch your vlog about this one. And I, we have not stayed there. And I, I'd love to see uh, the video and, and your commentary. So I'll definitely do that. Uh, your favorite Disney souvenir. It sounds like pins are, are big for you, Lake. But is is there something other than pins that you that you like as a Disney souvenir? Yeah, so pins are definitely the obvious answer. The other two, if it's a very special occasion, I'll go towards the magic band. It's usually for like a special event that I'll go and jump up to that. And also hats are something that I tend to find myself getting. If I I have to really like the hat, though, I won't just get it because it's an event. I I did notice you have quite the hat collection on the vlog. (laughs) What about you, Katie? Favorite Disney souvenir? I will say I am not a huge souvenir person. I don't like to have too much stuff. But as I'm looking, or both of us are doing the same thing when you asked us this question, we're looking around our recording room where we have all of our souvenirs. My favorite souvenirs that we have are a collection of Trader Sam's mugs from both both coasts. They're they're my absolute favorite thing that we've gotten. And I think probably the most expensive. (laughs) (laughs) Well, certainly to get the ones from Disneyland, you got to pay for the flight out there. So yeah, (laughs) 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 second only to maybe getting a souvenir off the cruise ship, I guess, in terms of expense. But yeah, well, Katie and Lake, it's been great having you on today. We've really enjoyed talking with you and learning more about your experience vlogging and with Run Disney and the cruise line. And so uh, just really great talking to you both. So thanks for coming on. 
Yeah, absolutely. Thank, Thank you so you. much for having us. And, and actually, I should pause and say, why don't you give folks the info? We'll leave it in the show notes too. But how can folks how can folks find you and watch your vlog? Yeah, so the best place to keep up with it with us is our YouTube channel. It's uh, Mouse Gen, so Mouse like Mickey Mouse, no space, and then uh, G E N. But you can also find us on Instagram. It's mouse.gen. And then also our website is themousegen.com. All right. Well, thank you both again for coming on. It's been it's just been really fun talking to you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Well, it was a lot of fun having Lake and Katie on the show. As you can probably tell, we recorded this uh, back in Memorial Day weekend as a part of the Quarantine Key 5K. We wanted to have Lake and Katie on to talk to them as sort of fellow content creators and Disney lovers. And so we had a blast chatting with them. Highly encourage you to go over and check out their vlog. They've got a lot of great content over there. and They're you know real Disney aficionados and fans. So if you're a fan of our show, you'll probably be a fan of their vlog. So head over there and check it out. Wanted to be sure to read another five-star review on the air this week. And this week's review comes from Steph M. Ray, who writes, Best DCL Podcast. I started listening to Disney podcasts two years ago before my first Disney cruise. This podcast is the best podcast that I have found so far. That is some high praise. We really, really appreciate it. The reviews are super motivating for us. And so really glad to hear folks are listening and enjoying the show. So keep leaving those reviews. They're super helpful. With that, I do want to thank everyone for listening this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL duo each week. Please also leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts. Those reviews are really helpful in making the podcast more visible, and we will be sure to read one on the air each week. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. We've had some folks reach out recently and we're getting some new guests on the show because of it. So do reach out. You can also head over to the DCL Duo channel on YouTube for even more great content. Uh, We are going to be posting some video content up there, a DCL 101 series very soon. So stay tuned for that. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with the Disney Cruise Line, the Walt Disney Company, or the Walt Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on this show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have a question about a Disney cruise or a Walt Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night. Good night.